You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sixers Draft Podcast. I am your host, as always, Daniel Olinger, joined by two friends of mine today to talk about one of my favorite prospects, one of their favorite prospects, probably one of Draft Twitter's favorite prospects in general, just a really beloved guy. We have Anish Nambury from, he's a, a, a scout slash analyst at Pro Insight, and the one, the only, the Kevin Rice contributor at Liberty Ballers, he of Sixers Twitter fame, and uh, I would say probably the biggest defender of Ish Smith ever. Ever? Like, uh, is that right, Kevin? Yeah, probably. I can't say I'm Sixers Twitter famous though. When I want to verify users' podcast, <laughs> so yeah, I can't believe yeah. they actually verified me. I'm <laughs> I'm still like in shock by. It. I I thought it was hilarious more than anything else. Yeah, and, a blue check DM me to go on a podcast. I had to go on. Anish, Kevin. Anish, Kevin, how are you doing today? Uh, not too bad, just chilling. Uh, glad to be on with Mr. Big Time over here with the blue check and uh, Sixers legend TKR. So, yeah, can't wait. I'm having a great, what is today? Tuesday. I'm having a great Tuesday so far. I didn't just wake up like an hour ago. Don't worry about it. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> but let's get to our topic for today's podcast. Jared Butler out of Baylor, who... I mean, first of all, it's good that we can have this podcast already because for those who didn't know, Jared Butler had a type of heart condition that he had been red flagged for, I think even before the college season. And then in this process, like they're just trying to wonder, like, is the NBA going to fit into play? They So far, that what they've announced that he should be good to go, which makes him like, it's just very good news in general, just for Jared Butler, the person, all rooting for him. And it's even better when you think that Jared Butler is really good at basketball. And I, I'm sure most people could probably tell you that, considering if they just watch the national championship or any March Madness, a lot of the guys on Baylor looked pretty good as they ran to the title. Um, but Jared Butler in particular is a guy I think, ah, see, the thing is, I don't know if he's going to be there at 28 for the Sixers. It is The more it looks like it feels like he could go early 20s based on how many teams like him. But how about I'll, Anish, we'll throw it to you first. What do you think is just like your favorite thing about Jared Butler as a prospect, like the main selling point for him? Um, so I'll, I'm going to start first with um, like the personal enjoyment part of it. Cause I think th- uh, mm-hmm. that's two different things. Uh, it's kind of the same, but I think just from a personal uh, viewpoint, I think my favorite part is his handle. He's so shifty. He gets, he's able to piece together multiple moves and get guys off balance. And he does it in such a fun way and it makes it so effortless. And that helps him get, um, that helps him get a, uh, open shots and create for himself um, in terms of off the dribble jumper specifically. Um, and then in terms of actual scouting thing, I would say it's not only that, but also I've really enjoyed his pace um, specifically in the pick and roll and improvements as a playmaker this year. Um, he was always a good playmaker, but I'd say he definitely made a, a, a significant jump with uh, Baylor over this past season. And you could see him 
kind of looking off defender. I think, Dan, I think you had a, you, yeah. you had a couple of tweets about that, right? I don't know if that was you or someone else. Yeah, I tweeted a video this morning of him doing some passes. And it's, I've just noticed on some of his passes, he's been doing it more where he does like to, especially if he has a guy in the corner and then another guy down low near the basket, like in the dunker spot or cutting him from a weak side, like he knows how to look that look the other way and he knows he has the other guy there to pass him. I do also think just I'm thinking out loud here, like, he is a very good passer. I do think he has helped, like, compared to other college prospects that he was playing with a team with a lot of good players. I mean, that was, like, it's obvious to say they were a great team. They won the title. But he was placed in a good system of good spacing, generally, I thought. And, like, some real – like, other – he had other guards who could do a lot of stuff. And Davion Mitchell, Macy Oteague, Alan Flagler off the bench was really good, too. Just – he had a, I think he had a pretty good context for him to succeed – in college, which obviously isn't a knock against it, but it's also something to keep in mind. Whereas you think you look at other prospects and it's like, man, this guy, like I, I'm trying to project forward what he can do because I don't think this is the best way to use him. Whereas you look at Jared Butler and you're like, man, this is just a really good situation for him. Or I think it's just a great play style, but no, you're definitely right with like the handle and just how shifty he is. He, he does. I think like when he comes off of screens, he can get bigs to step up. Cause he like, the way he gathers himself with his feet and like he points them straight to the rim and he makes it look like he's about to shoot. Like I think our friend uh, Noah, who runs the NBA underground on Twitter, uh, that account, um, he said all the time how Shea Gilgis Alexander like throws off defenders because all his moves kind of look the same. I think Jared Butler has a little bit of that where he can make multiple things look the same the moment before he makes his decision. And it's just, you're always going to have the defense guessing if you do that. Um, Kevin, how about you? Just, is it more of the same, like in terms of your favorite selling point of Jared Butler? Yeah, it's like on a micro level, the handle is amazing, like creating for himself. And then the team aspect of it, I think he one of my favorite things is he maps the floor so well. And again, Baylor had a very, very fluid offense. Everyone kind of knew where to be, when to lift, when to relocate. But a lot of the pick and roll he ran, he would just fire off passes like on a on a frozen rope and like right where they needed to be right on time set up his teammates really well. So it was kind of like, it's amazing watching him create for himself and then also create for others at like the same level. And it's so much fun to watch. So he, again, cause the Baylor had a lot, all their big men are very good rollers and they sealed a lot for Butler to create space for him. But he always found them like the exact moment, the exact direction of the pass, angle of the pass. So it was awesome just to see him kind of map out a offense. The Sixers, I don't know if that can, translate super well because they don't have currently don't have a lot of great rolling big men but I feel like you, you can make it work with Jared Butler you know Kevin you know who was a good rolling big man who the Sixers gave up a while back uh his name was Rashawn Holmes maybe yeah. Is that right? no. yeah I think I know him <laughs> just yeah. like you know always really good rolls hard to the rim I actually will say I've noted it before um because he might get more playing time this next year uh, Paul Reed does roll very hard Yes, he does. Paul, Paul Reed will roll hard to the rim. Um, but yeah, like you, especially that's such a good point because I think it's someone who, like, obviously, me and you are watching every Sixers game. We're very in depth of this. Like, Joel Embiid is amazing. That's probably the one thing I think all Sixers fans agree. He's just not very good at. He's never been much of a roller, whether it's like by choice. Now, obviously, it's hard to roll when sometimes there's, due to whatever reason you want to think, there's like other defenders already waiting in the paint and helping off other Sixers players. But also, it's something to do with like, Joel Embiid is not a like quick load jumper. Like I think he can, he, I mean, when he gets, when he gets off the ground, he can jump just fine. And he sometimes has quick reaction times where if a guy's smaller than him, he can block shots. Like just cause he has 
giant arms and he's huge himself. So it doesn't take that much, but it's also why like bouncier guys have given him some trouble sometimes because they just get off the ground quicker than he does, which Mm -hmm. is again, to be expected a guy who's as massive as Joel Embiid. But I do think that's an interesting, the way you talk about Jared Butler, just like he's so good at operating with that. And the Sixers aren't necessarily a team designed for that. And I think like the other concern fit wise that I've heard about Jared Butler of the Sixers, just that, he is a 6'3", 6'4", guard right in that range. So not tiny, but not big. And for a Sixers team that already has a lot of small guards, already took a guard last year in the first round in Tyrese Maxey, who is definitely a small guard who should have the ball in his hands like to provide the most utility that he can. And then a guy in Seth Curry who doesn't need the ball in his hands, but obviously like you can only have so many quote-unquote small guys out there and all the great things Seth Curry does bring on offense. Like it does compromise your defense a little bit. If you're too small and Seth can do what he can, but at six, two, he's kind of limited. I, but I do think I want to touch on this next. I'll, I'll let you dive into this first Anisha. Jared Butler's off ball scoring utility. Cause I think that's where, if you're trying to think where he can start to help, because like, this sounds like a guy who wouldn't fit the Sixers. This is where you think, Oh, but this can help. Yeah, no, I think uh, a big part of why I have him uh, uh, pretty, uh, confident in terms of like translating into NBA players because of his off-ball utility. Um, just some quick numbers via synergies. 1.51 points per possession on 49 uh, catch-and-shoot possessions in the half court. 1.33 points per possession on 75 spot-ups. Um, and was limited as a cutter, but did well off of that. Moved well off the ball, worked well cut. And w- it worked really well. Uh, Davion Mitchell and Matthew Teague, uh, Adam Flagler, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Baylor had a ton of guards and all of them had had the ball a good amount. And even when Butler didn't have the ball in his hands, he worked well off of them and he still was able to create points for either himself or his teammates. So I think um, Baylor liked to run the, like a dribble handoff weave kind of thing. And I think, uh, especially since Joel likes to, likes to do that with for, uh, previously JJ Redick, now Seth Curry, I think Butler could be, could be that kind of guy where um, he has that ability to, to shoot off ball or shoot off the catch and do it in a, in a variety of ways where he's not just uh, where you're where you're worried if he doesn't have the ball in his hands. Mm-hmm. And like you could also because I saw Baylor running some double drag actions and just thinking like you could have Jared Butler run those with Embiid as the first screener and rolling maybe Tobias Harris as your second screener of hopping and like that can get you some pretty good looks up again like Jared, and that is another thing, like, just we're talking about the on-ball stuff. Like, Jared Butler is a guy who works really well with a lot of ball screens because, again, like you said, we've all said with the handle, just he knows how to get his man where he needs to be so then he can get an advantage, and he's good at maintaining advantages, very good at putting defenders in jail, um, which, you know, just getting them stuck behind him. He just, he, like, sets guys up to run into screens with all those hesitations and little moves he has. Um, Kev, what do you think about his overall fit with the Sixers? We'll just go specifically on offense right now. Like, do you think his off ball, do you think he blends enough both off ball and on ball that it shouldn't be a concern maybe that on like a very surface level, you see a small guard who likes to have the ball in his hands a good bit. Like, but are you just overall confident that he can fit with them? Generally, I'd say yeah. Cause like just from a team building, team building standpoint, not thinking about like, a team ceiling like Tyrese Maxey and Jared Butler would be a very good backcourt to have just because Tyrese has the ball in his hands a lot. And then you have a safety valve and Butler who can command an offense on his own. Um, but I don't think that's in Sixers context and necessarily like championship backcourt, um, especially obviously there's trade deadline, everything coming up, draft everything. So like they, we don't really know the Sixers 
future right now. But I think he does have enough off-ball utility that he can run off screens. You mentioned the double drag actions. The Sixers ran a lot of those for Seth Curry this year, or last season. Um, and overall, I just think, like, if you just do an Embiid-Butler pick and roll, uh, like we mentioned, Embiid's not a good roller like uh, Chachua or uh, Flothamba on Baylor. But he, I feel like if Joel pops on that, Butler then has enough space where he can create for himself. And we haven't even mentioned it yet. His spin move is oh, just it's so good. It's so precise. It's so powerful. It's so quick that I feel like if he has that kind of downhill space one-on-one with a guy and there's everything spaced out, he can kind of hit someone with that or just drive right through them and over them, which he showed. But like he has everything you'd want a somewhat undersized guard to be, or not super fast guard to have of just pure strength sets his defenders up so well, disguises his moves, and just creates and maximizes advantages seemingly every time he has the ball. So I think he'd be a a good to great fit on the Sixers. No, yeah, we definitely have to mention that spin move because, whew, like, left to right, when he has it going, just – and I think powerful is the perfect way to describe it because, I mean, obviously it's not the same caliber, but you guys remember how – he doesn't do it as much now, but, like, for three years, LeBron basically killed everyone just because if he spun back to his right, like – his massive shoulder would send someone flying and it's a bucket at the rim. Like Jared Butler doesn't do that, but it's so powerful that he gets guys to bite and he just, he like leverages such great position off them. And he, and like, he is not doing these spin moves. Like he's picked up the ball and then he spins or they're a little like, has no, he is like, I am fully in this cross and I am gathering this before this defender has any idea what's happening. Like he's just going to do all so fast that they kind of like, cause they're probably thinking in their head, like, I've got to keep Jared Butler in front of me. Jared Butler's a really good player, a scorer, and then he can just hit them with that so quickly. It really gives them a lot of problems. Um, Anish, anything you want else want to talk, uh, touch on with Jared Butler offensively? Yeah, just real quick. I, I one more thing about the spin move. I think the greatest thing is that he has not nothing really crazy in terms of physical tools, but he's able to he's able to utilize that spin just as well just as well as someone who has uh, not just as well, but about as well as someone who has who has really good physical tools. And I think, uh, like you mentioned, he does, he does it when he, he, uh, he spins off the gather. So it keep, it catches the defense off guard and the, the, the tightness, the explosiveness for someone with that, with his athletic tools or lack of, uh, above average to elite athletic tools is crazy. Um, I will say that, um, because he is a bit on the smaller side, not too bursty, uh, not too bursty, strong uh, length, uh, physical tools, basically, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, he is at a disadvantage in terms of his finishing at the rim. Like uh, he's, I, I find it hard to believe that he'll be anything better than average, but for someone of his size, um, if he can just capitalize off his shot, making his passing, um, his pace, his handle, all that kind of stuff, he can, he, he's able to find those open creases and he's gotten a lot better uh, specifically last season to this past season or the 2019, 2020 season to 2020, 21 um, at accepting contact, that kind of stuff. So I think um, especially with a, with a couple a year or two of NBA development, he could, he could turn into a passable finisher to uh, kind of mesh with his uh, mess with the shot making. I think that's a really good balance with Maxi, who's more of a downhill player. And then hopefully the idea is that he can, uh, use the shooting as like a counter to that if the defense cuts it off and then uh, Butler's kind of the opposite in that end. So I think that could be a really good balance if they do end up playing together. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the finishing. So he did finish 63.7% at the rim this past season, according to Bartorovic uh, on 102 attempts, which is like not like outlier great numbers, but it's it's fine. That's not bad. Um, he only had five dunks about. 
So like you said, just not a, he's just not, I, I, this is one thing I noticed with Chris Duarte too, out of Oregon, where I feel like him and Butler both, when they go up to finish more often than most guards, they keep both hands on the ball, which to me, it's like, and then they're like powering up into someone as they try and finish, which to me shows them like, it's again, a thing like, I know I don't have the burst to get around this guy or get around his arms at the rim. I am pretty strong though, which I mean, you guys, you guys probably agree. Jared Butler is a pretty strong for a six, three guard in a basketball court. He like will power into guys. arms, think I can absorb this contact and get the position I need. And I think he has craft from there, which is like, it's good that he's aware of that. It's like better to know I need to do this in order to make things work. However, like it does also show like, like, you know, those Tyrese Maxey finishes where Maxey, like, shifts the ball between hands, like, three different times midair and is, like, soaring 10 feet horizontally. Like, that's not going to happen with Jared Butler. Mm-hmm. And Jaden Springer is also one of those guys, those yeah. strong guard two-hand finishers they have. And then, just before we go to defense, I'm pretty sure it was you who tweeted it. He, Butler uses his offhand on drives to, like, karate oh, chop yeah. away so well. And it's so, so tiny, but it's so yeah, another thing Duarte does really well. Because I, I had a really a focus on it with Chris Duarte a lot in his vi- video did him. But Jared Butler does it too, where it's just like, basically, if he, like, like I said, he puts you in jail, which again, he's very good at because he understands that it maintain advantages. Like, if you like try and reach around, he'll like slap your arm down. Like, he just like, it's not even that powerful, but he just like knows that you're there. And he's very aware of, I'm just not going to let this dude get anything. Um. Which is something you can see, like, if you watch any college guards who by the time the upperclassmen were really good, like, I mean, they're just going to be really mean to younger guards. <laughs> they just, you know, all those little tricks, all those little physical things, like, I know that this player cannot do X against me, and he doesn't understand that yet, so it's just going to be a rough game for him. Um, <laughs> but I go back to the fit with the Sixers, um, and specifically, I think, because I think offensively, there's really not much to complain about. I think we've outlined, like, because he's so versatile in terms of being on ball and off ball, being able to do both of those that you can just slot him anywhere. And I I think we said again with him, like hitting those threes off of movement, being able to relocate like 71% of his threes this last year were assisted and he hit a decent amount of them. And they also like ran him off some, I don't know if it was flop. It kind of looked like floppy action, but like he'll have a ton where he sprays to the corner off some screens, similar to what Danny Green did for the Sixers this past year. You can slot him into that kind of role at least offensively. And like we said, obviously can be trusted to run pick and roll stuff, but defensively is probably the more questionable fit because just like we said, the size is a problem in the Sixers. It's so the Sixers have a ton of guys who are huge. They have a ton of guys who are relative to the NBA kind of tiny. They don't have a lot of in between. There's just not a lot of guys. It's why a guy I've written about and podcasts about Kessler Edwards is always one of my favorite fits just because of the size and movement skills, and how you can plug and play him on defense kind of like that. Um, Kevin, do you want to start first on his defense and then we'll go to you and each, like just overall, how about, before we talk about the fit, just evaluating him as a defensive prospect and what he brings. So what I've learned the last two, three years is that Baylor and Texas tech, it's a little bit Texas tech more so, but it's a little tougher to evaluate Mm -hmm. singular defense because they run a no middle defense as a team. It's a little bit more formulaic and Baylor this the championship team executed it like beyond perfection everyone knew where to be when to be when to rotate and it kind of not tricks you because it is very very good defense but it kind of leads to an overestimation of how good defenders are we've seen it in well Zaire Smith a little bit but not a ton uh Jared Culliver too 
where it just didn't translate as much as it should have. Um, and Butler, I feel like was helped a lot by that. I don't think he's necessarily like a, like a downfall defender. He's probably going to be neutral. I have to guess just hover around neutral. Uh, the size and quickness is an issue. The strength is very good though, of just, he's going to be able to kind of body or bully with guys. Uh, his upper body strong. I don't know as much about his core. I didn't see a lot of post defense again, because Baylor just kind of knew when to rotate, when to um, kind of squash advantages that an offense thought they had. Uh, but overall, I'd say he's, he's a fine defender. Uh, he has good length. I don't think he can be an elite point of attack defender really, but he can stay with guys on a second unit, I think pretty well. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's very cute to think, Oh, he's, we're talking about the strong guard. Maybe he has some post-up reps inside and out of ton of those. Maybe he's a point of attack defender. Like if you're playing with that Baylor team, Davion Mitchell is taking all of the point of attack defense. Yeah, um, yeah. But um... Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Anish, how about you? What do you think overall on Butler defensively? Yeah, before we before we get to that, I have a real quick question. When you're talking about him in terms of his strength, uh, I'm assuming you're talking about for like a small guard and not like Jalen Brunson level strong, but like no, a little but, bit like but lower it's, it's than like, that. It's but like good. Jared Butler's not like – if I saw Jared Butler getting posted up, it's like by like an NBA level forward, I think it's not good, but it's not like sound the alarms, this is a bucket bad. Like, like we saw um, – I mean, me and Kevin again, like when the that 20, so now it's 2018 Celtics series, like whenever JJ Reddick got posted up, like it was just done. We knew exactly what was going to happen. Like there's literally nothing, that, there's no other outcome here besides a bucket. Like I, I think Jared Butler is, if you had to ask about 6'3, six, 6'4 six, guards in basketball, Jared Butler is above average in strength. Jalen Brunson is like different, where it's like, oh, that's a very strong dude, but Jared Butler's like above average in strength. Jalen Brunson, Lou Dort, off the top of my head, are just like insane core strength guys who can just absorb everything. Also, like Butler's a little more top heavy. Obviously older, but like, I mean, the famous example, Kyle Lowry's six feet tall. And like, I don't think anyone can post him up at all. Hard, Harden too. Another, he's a little bit taller, but Harden too is just a, yeah. looks like he's no absorb. But yeah, yeah. No, okay. I, I agree. I, I think um, I think he'll struggle against like, for example, like Jamal Murray, Malcolm Brogdon, those kind mm-hmm. of guys um, defending on ball. But I think against like, I don't think like, and then I think he can hold his own on switches for like brief periods of time. And eventually the hope is that uh, you can kind of provide him some back help or you can scram switch or something like that. But I think in most cases, like he's not going to get bullied by like, I don't know, X average level starting point guard in the NBA in terms of 
Um, so yeah, I just wanted to, I just want to double check. I think we agree there. So uh, defense, I, I will agree with uh, Kevin that I think he's going to be hovering around neutral, whether that be below average to about uh, to or slightly below, uh, below neutral, or slightly above neutral. That kind of depends on um, the kind of kind of his scheme uh, and who he's playing with. And then also what kind of improvements uh, uh, he can make in terms of basically strength. And, you know, there's always uh, areas for college players to shore up in terms of technique and positioning and all that kind of stuff. But in general, I will say he's pretty competitive against posting guards with a pointing attack. He definitely won't make things easy. He's uh, kind of reading off my scouting report here, so apologize if it kind of goes too long. Um, he's an excellent lateral mover, and he has the really good ability to uh, flip hips and change direction, everything like that. Um, he, he has good technique in terms of at the point of attack, and he has a lower cent center of gravity. We talked about spin move, and but that also help, helps him allow him to stay with the matchup. And he has the hip, hip flexibility to navigate screens well. And there, there were even a couple instances where he was quick enough to go under and recover back up to the ball handler for the contest, which I was impressed by. Um, and I don't, again, like you said, I don't love him in switch scenarios. Like he's probably, it's probably not a good idea, but you, like he's not the worst out there in terms of six, three guards. Mm-hmm. No, and yeah, then do you want me to go into – oh, my bad. Do you go into on-ball – or, sorry, off-ball now or – Oh, I, I think I'll just touch on that. And, of course, Anish, keep reading off your – I mean, you're the you're the scout here. You, you feel free to read off your scouting report. Uh, <laughs> no, like, yeah, I, I mean, we already touched on the strength definitely. But I think that what you made about uh, – the point you made about change of direction and, like, how he can flip his hips is really good because that's one of those skills that translates both offensively and defensively, just, like, a body skill where – other like especially against these other college guards obviously will be playing better players in the nba but he just like so many of these guys have to stop and start or they almost put their head down it looks like a looping motion as they're trying to drive around people butler both offensively and defensively he just changes directions as well, like out without any trouble like he can just immediately turn which way he needs to go it is not going to take any time and that's just such a huge advantage to have over other players um i would say my one of my bigger concerns I think off ball like I don't think he's terrible I thought he he shoots passing lanes well sometimes but I noticed a few times just like and I, it's hard to say because this I feel like I see this in almost every college guard I've watched like he gets like caught looking at the ball too much sometimes and just his man will you know like shake down to one corner or just lift up from somewhere and he just like loses track of them for a sec which you know I you just can't happen usually especially in high leverage basketball like especially you lose track of a guy who can shoot like that's a three in your face and you're going to get subbed out for that by some coaches so that's something I thought like it's not something I'm, I'm sure it's something that can be shored up but he is not like locked in all the time off ball at least in my viewing I don't know if you have any thoughts on that niche um I think that's the case but I I don't really put too much on that because I mean in my opinion there's like especially for you for college guys and it even happens in the NBA like people are going to do that they're going to have lapses for whatever reason but I think for the most part he's fine at least personally and just real quick I just wanted to um, go back like I know I was mostly praising him in terms of his on-ball defense I, I think he's a good guard defender but just because of the size that kind of bumps him down to neutral just to give a quick conclusion that I forgot to say mm -hmm. yeah and I just think we're saying all these things about stuff he can do well on defense, but at the end of the day, he is around six three, six four, And I mean, I don't think he has to look at any farther than something like watching this finals where you realize like Chris Paul's about as good of a six foot defender as you'll ever find, especially obviously he's older now, but you watch game five, like the bucks went after him just because 
the Bucks are taller than the Suns at almost every position. And it doesn't matter what he does so, too much. If Drew Holiday's 6'5 and Chris Middleton's 6'8, they can score over him. And obviously, those are some of this is the Bucks. They might, they're one win away from the NBA title as we record this on the eve of uh, the eve. The, uh, so it's like nine hours till game six starts now, about. We'll just yeah. say that. Um, but so it's obviously like a high leverage situation, but it's just hard to get away with so many small guys at the NBA level where you just like, I feel like there's almost a requisite height threshold. It's really good to hit for your team. It's why I think the Bucks have been doing so well these last few games, just that basically as long as they don't play Jeff T, like the top seven of their rotation is all like six, four and up. And even that more, it's just, you have, you don't even have to pound teams in style of time. It's just hard to get away with that much of a height disparity at every position when you're basically covered, your guys can't be picked on. And then you can, pick on a few height mass mismatches on the other ways, whether that's in certain actions, like what it can be a post-up, it can be offensive rebounding. It can just be getting to that baseline for a comfortable jump shot from a good player. And the Sixers, if they take a guy like Jared Butler, he's obviously not a like a huge liability, but you combine him with say like, what does a Seth Curry, Jared Butler lineup look like in the playoffs? Like, I think it gets attacked defensively pretty bad. I don't know, Kevin, do you, what is that like, how would you think about that too? I think so, yeah. But I think one of the benefits of picking 28th is that you're going to get a guy who's good already and probably won't crack, probably won't crack heavy playoff rotation minutes. So you could kind of make up for minutes-wise just hiding him, I guess. Whereas uh, Jared Butler's backcourt back counterpart, Davion Mitchell, who is shorter and I'd say a little less strong, is going to go in the lottery now which, you know, I love, I absolutely adore Davion Mitchell, but he's not going to be able to, he's going to get thrust into a much bigger role than Jared Butler right off the bat. And maybe not for a playoff team, but it's going to be a little more difficult for Davion to kind of like make ends meet on a switch with a six, eight guy, a six, eight NBA player rather than a point of attack college guard. So I think Butler can be hidden a little more if he's selected by the Sixers. So I don't think it's as big of a like catastrophe as a like a smart team will attack him but it's not going to be like chris paul where you need you're playing chris paul like 45 minutes in a game especially in an elimination game now you don't need to play jared butler that much so if it goes south you can just sub him out mm-hmm. anish you basically, basically you jared wanna... butler is chris paul <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah anish you want to touch yeah. on just that def- defensive like my defensive concern just the lack of size yeah, I think uh, with Butler, I think I would guess like best case scenario, he's going to be what ninth, tenth man on the rotation. It's it's hard uh, to say. You're one. You're one. You're well, actually, one. actually, no, it's not hard to say because if Doc Rivers is, is, takes a while to trust rookies, um, so no matter what, like he could, Jerry Butler could be a stud right away, and it'll still take him a while before he gets into it too much. Um, I tend to like think that some guys can like bump themselves up a little bit and obviously come. I mean, basically by the end of the playoffs, Tyrese Maxey was probably the sixth or seventh guy on the team, maybe higher even like, so he can definitely leverage himself up to that. Now I think Tyrese Maxey is probably a little bit better than Jared Butler overall, just because the athletic difference, whereas like Jared, but some say Jared Butler is a horrible athlete, but like Tyrese Maxey, you watch him jump. You just watch how fast he is in the open court. He's like a special kind of athlete in that sense. And that is not Jared Butler, but um, yeah, I think, so I think that's a good point. But then like the question is asked, like, obviously you're thinking, not thinking of the 28th pick, you're going to solve the problem, all the problems of a 
want to be contender in the Sixers. So, like, obviously, like you probably that's a lot to ask him. But then you ask, like, is he the right pick? Then if he's if you're thinking, oh, we don't have to worry about that because he probably won't be too heavily focused in the rotation. If you get what I mean. Yeah, um, I think if he's the best. So if for the Sixers, so. For example, I think I have him 21st on my board. Um, I could be wrong, but so let's say he's available at 28. And he's the highest player there. I'm pretty confident taking him. And I understand there are concerns with the, like you mentioned, like having him, Seth, and then even though I see, even though Maxi is a good defender, um, in my opinion, for his, or projects out to be a good defender for his position, um, that playing those three small guards is, is a little tough. I think the the offensive fluidity that, and like the, at least the confidence that I have that he can be a good NBA player in terms of offense, both on and off the ball. I think you're, you're like, all right, we'll work with the defense later. And I'm assuming, and again, I don't have, I don't have any sources or anything. You guys are most likely more plugged in with what the team is going to do and everything, at least more than me. Um, yeah. I'm assuming there's the roster will be better constructed next year so that um, it'll be a little bit more balanced. Was that a was that a Ben That'll Simmons go. was that a Ben Simmons comment in each? Uh, I plead the fifth. <laughs> no, yeah, like, and obviously that's just it's probably why some Sixers fans aren't super into this year's draft because they're just thinking like this team has a big problem and it's probably not solved by the twenty eighth pick. Um, I don't personally have like a big board, but I do like I'd say of the. 10 to 15 guys I've watched enough games full games on to kind of feel like pretty confident how to view them Jared Butler's definitely one of my favorites in terms of fits with the Sixers just because like you said offensively the way they died against Atlanta he can help with some of that in terms of just being versatile being able to help both in terms of spacing off the ball provide them movement shooting but also if you need him to run something he is capable of that I but just the overall lack of defensive size limits me. It's why I probably still my absolute favorite pick if at 28 is Kessler Edwards, just because I think basically they he immediately helps them in terms of having a wing-sized player who's probably even a little bit taller than a wing-sized player who offers some really valuable movement shooting skills that they can basically just, I think he can, I think Kessler Edwards from, is probably a, of the guys available at their spot can help them both on offense and defense in some way earlier than any other prospect that will be there at that spot, if that makes sense. I, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. I need to watch a little more Kessler because you're, you're hyping him up a ton and I didn't get to watch a ton of him. So I'm going to make it my homework today to watch a little more and I'll get that. I'll tweet at you. <laughs> Anish, how about you? Um, yeah, I did um, a, a quick plug. I did the, a let's watch film with PD on Kessler. And I think defensively he's perfect for the Sixers because he, you know, gives them um, a good wing size player who is very, very good off the ball. And then uh, I think eventually will become good on the ball with some uh, biomechanical tweaks and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, offensively. Um, I think if you keep Ben, he doesn't make much sense, but if you, um, if you don't have Ben and you have uh, a, a more a little bit more of a dynamic guard creator, like I'm just throwing out an example, Zach, Zach Levine, Malcolm Brogdon, just names that have been popped up. I think he works a little bit uh, better off, off the ball. But if you need if you need more on ball juice, then it doesn't make much sense. But assuming Simmons gets traded, which at least is what it seems like, um, mm -hmm. I do like Kessler uh, 
for the Sixers in that in, in that scenario because the because the need for on ball creation lessens lessens a bit. Yeah, so much of all the Sixers draft fits are like based on well, is Ben Simmons still on the team? Uh, who have you replaced him with? If you have traded him, heck, it probably might, it might not even matter because there's a chance Ben Simmons is packaged with this 28th overall pick. We've, I've talked so much about in a potential trade, so it's all kind of weird. Uh, I I still like just. I'll be happy if they take Jared Butler over Kessler Edwards even just because, I mean, I still think like, I overall think he's going to be a good player and I've loved watching him play. Just that Baylor team is really fun when they have it all going. The advantage creation, how smooth everything flows a lot. It's, it sounds cheesy, but there's a lot of passion throughout that team, like visibly looked like they enjoyed playing basketball and enjoyed being with each other. Um, you mentioned, I think I forgot to touch on this earlier. You mentioned like the post seals that, Thamba and uh, Chama Chachua will do like they're also great at and the Sixers never do this I feel like but they're great at those little uh Daniel Tice screens where you like fake a post up just to clear someone out like they will always whenever they saw Jared or Davey on driving like they're just clearing their dude out they have no intention of getting the ball and it's pretty great um I, I've posted a few times about Macy Oteague like I mean dude is weird to look watch play sometimes because that shot and then he basically throws in four bank shots a game that shouldn't go in but do but yeah I just like if we're going for all out vibes I think Jared Butler's a great pick like would you say the same Kev I'd say so yeah and the Sixers don't run those little seals or like no they they do not because Dwight Howard would probably just murder someone if you tried to do it and Jalel would get called for fouls just because he's enormous um yeah they don't really have a player that has that kind of like tight body control and like hidden fouls in them but yeah, it's there's so many times watching that Butler team or Baylor team that they just got like wide open layups. Like, how the heck did that happen? And it was just because their big men were so good at that. Because like Teague, like you mentioned the Bucks just being bigger than everyone, basically, on or bigger than who were they were attacking on the Suns. Baylor ran three, six, four guards or well, under Davion, six, Davion's like six foot flat, right? Yeah. So six four, I think Macy was six three, six four, and then a six foot guard, and then two big men basically. And they won the titles. <laughs> so it's a different that, different game in college than it is in the NBA, obviously. But yeah, that Baylor team, you said the passion. Just just to harp on Baylor real quick. They were just so freaking fun that championship run the whole time. Anish, what were you gonna say there? Uh, yeah, I just want to say like there were even times, like it wasn't like a crazy amount, but there were definitely times where they'd run like all four small guards. Like they run Flagler, Davion, Matio, and Jared Butler together with Mo- it was most of the time it was vital or Chamo Chachua. Um, but then there was other instances. But yeah, they, there were even times where they'd run toward guys. And obviously that's, I would be very, very surprised if that happened uh, in the NBA. Yeah, hey, I mean, I, I was saying the Sixers don't have enough wings, but Baylor basically won a title without any. So, you know, <laughs> maybe maybe the Sixers just need to follow Baylor's title. And uh, <laughs> they're going to run. So the lineup will be Seth Curry, Tyrese Maxey, um, Jared Butler, well, how about we'll throw a, we'll throw Danny Green in there just as a he ca- he counts as a guard even if, yeah but he's too much like a wing. What's yeah. another small guard they could throw out there? Maxi Shake. Uh, yeah, I mean he is six six, we'll but yeah, up. we'll say we'll say he's a guard. So Shake, Maxi, Seth Curry, Jared Butler, and Joel Embiid. That's that's got to be like a plus five net rating at least, right? And then when Joel, oh, yeah. you just throw Paul Reed in there. <laughs> exactly. I- I know it's probably it would probably be a bad lineup, but that is a lot of like offensive creation, like secondary yeah. creation around Joel and Bean. So it's like you're probably getting torched on defense, but it, it's like fun offensively, and it's like we've seen in the playoffs how important it is to have guys who can who can work off your primary 
the creators and that's and just have like four guards you can dribble past shoot around uh joel isn't the worst thing in the world it, it it's it's all it's it's definitely it's most likely a negative but it isn't it definitely is intriguing at least it's like it's like the, it'll just be the defense will just be like the 2017 Sixers whenever Robert Covington was on the court of Joel Embiid. It's four dudes getting blown by and every funnel everything to Joel. He'll he'll take care of it. Trust yeah. it. Like, so the 20. So this year's Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was not an that was an unnecessary shot, but we'll take, it's still amazing that Joel Embiid's rookie year in those 30 games. Like, weren't his minutes still a positive for like an objectively bad team? Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Same story every year. I think it was actually like, so I was probably like, oh, man, I was just in 10th grade then, I want to say, listening to the low post ones where I think it was Zach Lowe and Jeff Van Gundy were talking about like their all-star teams. And I think they were saying Jeff Van Gundy said like he doesn't want to put anyone on the all-star team who's on a team with a losing record. Zach Lowe then immediately ran off Joel Embiid's pl- like plus in all his minutes and he changed his mind saying there's no way that should be possible. <laughs> I mean, Joel Embiid forever will just like the Sixers can lose by twenty and he'll finish as a plus five every night. It just it's, it makes no sense. It's 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 getting it's getting not cool anymore because I'm like I'm like this can't keep happening. There's no way that this team is this poorly constructed. Can't like, keep getting away with this. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's happening, but yeah, yeah. Jared Butler will fix that right away. Jared Butler will clearly solve all these problems. And uh, Anish, Kev, thank you so much for talking to me today about Jared Butler. Uh, just a really, like, again, we said it a lot, but just a fun prospect overall. One who I, I doubt he's going to be there at 28, just because I think especially with him, his condition being cleared, there are going to be a lot of teams. Who, <laughs> I'm not saying we're necessarily like the scouts and executives on the NBA teams, but like us see the, the value of his offense, see what he can bring, see how much fun he is and kind of look at him. But Definitely a cool guy to think about if he is there available for the Sixers. Uh, I'll, Anisha, I'll let you go here first. Plug what you got to plug, any, all good stuff like that. Yeah, um, first of all, appreciate you having me on, Dan. Um, be sure to check out everything he does at the multitude of places that he does them, uh, whether it be Twitter, uh, inside, is it inside NU or is it inside, inside Northwestern? Inside NU. Inside NU and, of course, Liberty Ballers. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Anish Nambury. Um, and go check out what we're doing at Pro Insight. We have a bunch of stuff um, in terms of event recaps. We're deep into the uh, live period for recruit, uh, for high school, college recruiting. And so, yeah, we've been busy with that. We've been at a couple 3SSB events, uh, that's Adidas. And so we have, uh, we have a bunch of content from that. And then also check, if you would like, check out my series on team building, roster construction and data science it's called The Blueprint. Um, we are not releasing them right now because of how busy we are. Uh, we're taking a little break on that, but the next one, which are on the different types of bigs, will be up shortly. But yeah, again, I want to say thank you to Dan and uh, great talking to you and Kevin. Yeah, uh, just real quick, Anish, like as working for a draft, a draft scouting service like Pro Insight, how busy are you guys in like this week leading up to the draft? Oh, extremely. Um, yeah, <laughs> the, basically, it's it's been crazy this whole this whole spring summer period. Like I've been to, I don't don't think any of you guys are really know Texas like that, but I I was at a place called Drive Nation uh, probably eight eight times within like a two month span. And I I was, I saw Drive Nation more than I saw my family um, for like the past, over the past year. So yeah, it is extremely busy and I'm not even the most busy guy there. So 
yeah, it's, it's been crazy. We'll definitely check Anisha out and check out Pro Insight. Uh, like you said, they do a lot of great stuff there. I always love to check it out. And Kev, what do you got to plug, man? Well, I have to follow up Anish with his <laughs> incredible list of things. Basically, just do everything. Look at everything Anish just told you to because I'm unemployed. Visit me at City Winery in Philadelphia whenever I'm working. Uh, and check out Liberty Ballers and check out everything Dan does. Thanks for having me on, Dan. It was a blast, even though it was arranged <laughs> last <laughs> night while I was intoxicated. I was like, I'll talk about Jared Butler anytime. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, follow him at the Kevin oh, Rice yeah. on Twitter if you're not already. Um, I, if you're a Sixers fan, I doubt you aren't following him already. But uh, thank you guys so much for hopping on. This is a great time. Uh, Jared Butler's a fun guy. It was awesome to talk about him. And I will talk to you guys all next time. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.